One of the biggest dangers from any new new company is hiring too many people too fast. We laid nine people off in, uh, in during the pandemic. That was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. It was something I just was not even in my purview because we were growing so quickly. And so we really manage our headcount. So we want to hire, we want to, we don't want to hire people too early. We want to hire them just a little late. We want to make sure we need them. And I know that that puts a little bit of stress on the team, but it's really better than the alternative, which is hiring like assholes and having to lay people off because you didn't do your job. Welcome to the Culture Gooder podcast with Stephen Lease and Sean Tinney. This podcast is a behind the shades look at creating and changing culture inside of Gooder sunglasses. You can live with the status quo, you can challenge the status quo, or you can do what we do at Gooder and status the quo challenge. Hey, all right. Well, we're about to talk about the ecosystem, but first, lightning round. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, polka dots or stripes? Uh, <laughs> stripes, I guess. Patterns. <laughs> Pattern, yeah. yeah. Uh, Super Mario Brothers or Zelda? I mean, as a child, Super Mario Rose, but if you've ever played the new Zelda, it's wild. Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Sushi. Uh, what do we call departments here? <laughs> uh, we call departments herds, mm-hmm. teams, flocks. Not confusing Evil at all. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then how long were you the only boss here at Gooder? Oh, man. Tried to do a complete flat reporting structure until 2019. We were about 40 people mm-hmm. and realized that not everyone can report to me. Okay. So that from 2015 to 2019? Yeah. And somewhere along the line, it must have gotten a little bumpy <laughs> before realizing like, oh, yeah. Gonna have to change this. Yeah, where well, there's a while there we had a thing called was called mentors and people kind of mentored each other. And yeah, it was the reality is very young company. You start everybody's just kind of does everything, right? Jack yeah. of all trades. And people have like their individual role. And when you're small, it's kind of easy to run a flat reporting structure because it's easy to keep track out of that many people. Yeah. Then there becomes there became a moment where we got too big. There was too many people, and in you know we started to see issues. But when you're young, I mean, I, I don't think you need you, you. We did it as long as I think you probably could. Yeah, for sure. Well, one thing that just came out of that is like um, we'll get to the point where we're now through throughout this episode. But early on, you kind of need a lot of people that can do a little bit of everything, yeah. right? And then later down the road, you can really hire specialty yep. specialized roles. But that wouldn't make any sense. Super early, right? No, you need jack of all trades. Yeah. And then, you know, we've went through several uh, iterations of our uh, ecosystem. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so what are those main inflection points of growth that led to making the, the big changes that you talked about there? Right, we started 2015 and it was just me, Ben and Carrie for the first couple of years and we hired some part-time help uh, here and there to help with packing boxes. And then 2017, we got our first office and it was, a real company. So Mike was our employee number one. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, we ended that year with, I want to say nine people. And so we were completely flat, but that was 2017 is when we started developing things like AMP, where we really started to understand, oh, we have a, we have people and a culture and we need to take care of it. Right. And so I would say, you know, from 2015 to 2017 would be chapter one. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it was from 2017 to 2019 would be chapter two, which is still completely flat. Everybody was reporting to me, but really we had, we started installing systems in place 
hiring processes, uh, quarterly reviews to kind of manage manage people. Sure. And then 2019, I want to say between when we were between 30 and 40 people, we moved from flat slash having people having kind of mentors mm-hmm. to 13 flocks. Right. And that happened and there was 13 flocks. I was a flock. I was a flock leader along with, with being the CEO. And that was the, that was like the major pivot. And we worked with 13 flocks from 2019 till the end of 2021. So the next two years. Yeah. So that would be chapter three. Mm-hmm. Chapter three was last year when it was funny, right after we stopped uh, putting out episodes in 2021, yeah. we did a whole thing on our ecosystem and then we completely shifted. Mm-hmm. And basically the we, we moved from then from 13 flocks to 16 flocks, but uh, six departments or as we call them herds. Right. And, and so that was, that was the, you know, the, the next iteration, which we're still currently living in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So a flamingo goes in a flock, a flock goes in a herd. Yeah. A herd is a flock of flocks. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, so, so to recap this, I'll, I'll speak in normal, normal tongue here for a moment. <laughs> we, we went and you know, 2015 and 2017 startup, super jack of all trades, 2007, that's chapter one, 2017 and 2019, Completely flat reporting structure, uh, but we started installing, uh, you know, onboarding mentors and quarterly reviews. And then 2019, which is which is where we uh, installed 13 teams, mm-hmm. we call them flocks. Yeah. And then and then 2021, we moved, we added another layer to departments, and which we call herds. And so that's where we currently are. It's fucking, I know it's confusing all of you. It makes sense to us. If I, if I, if I had a visual, I could make it make sense. I'll, uh, I'll go three words. Uh, startup systems structure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's where we currently are now. And so I would have loved to keep us completely flat. There are just certain problems. Yeah. So what, what were those problems? What were you trying to solve at each point in, in those chapters? Right. So I'll go, when, when we moved from flat to 13 uh, flocks, the the reality there was th- there's 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 a common thread there but it just there was too much going on and if you have I, if everybody at your company across the board is just completely dialed and professional and they take ownership and they perform at a high level you actually wouldn't need bosses mm-hmm. the problem is that's a fake world that none of us live in <laughs> And so, you would like it to be the case. I would like that just to be the case. <laughs> and, and so you just need accountability. You need other people holding people accountable. So that was one thing that happened in 2019. We just needed more accountability. And then also the bigger you get, the more specialized you get, mm-hmm. where you need somebody that understands product leading product, right? You just, you, you conceptually need those things. You need people who are specialized in their role. Yeah. And so that was really the, the big tipping point in 2019 was, we needed more accountability and we needed spe- people that were specialized owning those teams. Yeah. And then in 2021, when we redid the ecosystem again, there was a couple of main problems. One, I was holding incredibly thin. So I was missing big problems. Like I wasn't able to kick, like open the hood on every single team. And if I was, I would have solved problems. Like there were some major problems yeah. that I did not worth talking about now. I'm sure we've talked about before, but if I would have had, if I would have been doing my job and opening the hood on every single team, I would have been like, you told me there was an engine in here. There's <laughs> three hamsters in a fucking pile of hay. Yeah. And so I needed help. So that was number one. 
Um, um, uh, number two was inherently, I think a lot of people were just spread incredibly thin and this flat reporting structure actually wasn't helping. Like, like we needed more structure involved. And so we moved to this, this herd system. And so our, our, our herds now are, um, creative energy, uh, customer, uh, <laughs> Money people, mm-hmm. uh, and so we, we keep it very. We, I'm, I'm, I'm missing one. Uh, there's one ops. Ops. Uh, so we, we keep. We, we're like we're like. Well, we have weird names for everything else. Let's actually just make these very simple. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it was. It came from a function. This last big move of me um, being incredibly spreadly thin, which means I was making huge mistakes. Uh, also, the team was kind of spread thin, and I wasn't. I didn't. We needed a better system in place because oh, the thing that went along with the complete move to herds last fall was adding a bunch of roles to kind of plug the holes that we needed. Yeah. 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 So earlier you said if you'd been doing your job, yeah. right? Um, but the funny thing is you were always doing your job. Yeah, yeah. The, the job of a CEO, especially a startup CEO, is constantly changing. And I imagine it was really hard for you to let go of some things and delegate some things and take on others. Can you just talk about that from a high level? Yeah. I mean, it's still something I think any startup CEO probably battles with is when to let go of things, when to pass things on. Yeah. You know, you, you don't get to a place like this without loving to do a certain amount of work. Yeah. And so that's just a very real thing. I, yeah, I mean, I was doing my job. That's a, you know, I'm not, but I'll say we've always kind of been a, um, a higher, um, um, higher, just not in time company. What I mean, what I mean by that right. is, one of the biggest dangers from any new new company is hiring too many people too fast. Yeah. You know, we had to we laid nine people off in uh, during the pandemic, and that was something we went from hiring sixteen people the month before to hiring nine people off to, hire, to laying nine people off, and that was a, like a that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. It was yeah. something I just was not even in my purview because we were growing so quickly. Yeah, and so. We really manage our headcount, so we want to hire. We want to. We don't want to hire people too early. We want to hire them just a little late. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we need them. And I know that that puts a little bit of stress on the team, but it's really better than the alternative, which is hiring like assholes and having to lay people off yeah. because you didn't do your job. Right. And so I think that that every time we've evolved the ecosystem. The reality is, it's actually really easy to do because it was very clear that needed to happen. Right. And yeah, so, so you're you know, aligning it with reality as it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the joke we've, I, I've, we've said this on the podcast before, but during the pandemic, when you're cutting budgets because you're losing a ton of money, it turns out um, at the time you're making those decisions, it's pretty easy because a uh, rock uh, rock bottom is a pretty strong foundation <laughs> yeah, nice, to build on yeah. <laughs> and and so you know when we evolved the ecosystem it wasn't rock bottom but it was a very easy transition i was like oh no this this has to happen like this mm-hmm. is the, the the clear evolution and right. so it is actually it was very it's very uh freeing every time that it's been because everybody loved it right what there was no i don't think there was any pushback ever to it uh, yeah. maybe, i think maybe some individuals didn't like it because they had to report to somebody different but as a whole the company has loved it every time that we've done it for sure and I, th- I think that speaks to the role that you've taken on is constantly looking at what's working what's not working and what do we need to shift in order to be in alignment as a team as a structure of our company with how we're actually doing things around here right now for sure we the only constant good is change mm-hmm. and and once you understand that, 
it frees yourself to change whenever the fuck you want. Right. And that's a really fun place to to be in. I'm not tied to anything. I, I All the time here, there will be weird things that I started, whatever, a year or two ago. And I'm, I'm like, oh, we can... We can kill that. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. I think people think that I'm attached to way more things than I am. I'm attached to a few things, but like, actually, not a lot. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's super freeing when you hear, especially if we hear you say like, "Yeah, that's not a requirement anymore. We can we can stop focusing on that and put our attention over here." Like, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Bandwidth is back. Yeah. Um, so, as a part of the recent shift that uh, we made with the ecosystem to whatever, I guess 3.0 now. Yeah. Or whatever we'll call it. 3.0. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you you created a bunch of new roles. And so a lot of the folks here um, had the opportunity to apply for them, called that the Great Flamingo Migration. Yep. Um, and during that uh, Tuesdays with Carl, you gave a presentation on the importance of, of words and using yeah. our words. So love it if you just give a, a high level recap of that real quick. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, I think, go into it in, in a little more yeah. detail, but really to tee up this, this whole thing, this thing started happens and, and i think it's a natural thing at companies where people start asking oh well what's my growth path mm-hmm. and i've lived in a world before where i wanted to get paid more money and so um in this my the, the talk was framed around making sure you you use the correct words right where a, a tactical example is which i've used recently is um you know can't versus won't right if uh, Steven, do you want to go out Saturday night? Like, oh, I can't. I got to run Friday morning. It's, it's no, I, I'm not going to because I get to run. Right. Right. I mean, use the words that you mean. Yeah. It's okay. And in, in this thing of like, people would want to know like, oh, what's my growth path? I think sometimes people want to know what their growth path is. And sometimes people just want to make more money. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to make more money, say you want to make more money. Yeah. Because the funny thing about a growth path is growth is constant. We, you grow here every day with how we teach you in our culture. And so, um, are you asking how to become a flock leader? Mm-hmm. Cause then ask how to become a flock leader, not what's your growth path because you grow every day. Like, like and so it, the whole talk was centered around calling out certain things like, like let's define growth versus leadership versus management versus more money. They're all different things. And so it was really hitting the nail on the head of, using your words when you're asking for it. And you, it's okay. You can want to be a flock leader, but don't hide behind what's my growth path. Be like, I want to be a flock leader. How do I become that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. Uh, anything else from the talk you want to tee up before we get into the the actual questions? I'm just going to throw them your way and we'll go back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I think the hilarious thing about this talk is I teed this whole thing up of, of you know, using your words and growth path and leadership. And at the end, it's like, oh, and by the way, uh, we have 30 to one new roles <laughs> that we are hiring in the next year. That's our, that's our, that's our higher plan for 2023. We want to fill as many of them internally as possible. So here you go. Right. And so it was like, it was this, hilarious, I set it up and it's like, oh, by the way, uh, we also have a bunch of new roles if people want to try stuff, try other things. Right. Yeah. You're like, can't versus won't get to versus have to also who wants uh, to try something new? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and the funny thing about it is last year when we moved from flocks to herds and this year when we added all these roles is we are constantly adding roles here. And so when people are like, I want to know your growth path. I'm like, I'm like I, I mean, hey, we hire like 30, 40 people a year. I mean, yeah. you know, just just do a great job. Uh, keep doing a great job. And then and then hope hopefully a job comes available that you want. Right. Yeah. Stuff's coming up. 
Not sure what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah. Be ready. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if we if we walk through the the questions you presented, like to be clear, um, if I ask you what's my growth path at Gooder, what do you respond? Um. Well, growth is defined as progression. Um. Um. De- you know, pro- progressive development or evolution. So one always align on semantics. So that's mm-hmm. that's the definition that we're choosing to do here. So my your growth path at Gooder, like awesome. I'm glad you asked, Sean. Here's what you want to do. You want to continuously show up, do great work, play big, fuck up, learn. Notice how you don't have to be perfect. You just fuck up and learn. Challenge the status quo, uh, live into our pillars, grow and repeat. Step two, there is no step two. <laughs> That's it. Sounds That's like it. a growth path to me. <laughs> That's a growth path, right? Yeah. You continuously show up, do great work, play big, fuck up, learn, challenge the status quo, live into our pillars, grow and repeat. And uh, you are growing right now. Uh, we are all constantly in a state of growth and, and Gooder goes out of their way to, you know, constantly, you know, give people mastery. So that's how you grow Gooder. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Sounds good. Okay. That's your growth path, Sean. You I love it. I'm on it. Let's right, do awesome. it. Uh, and then how do I make more money? Awesome. Well, right. Uh, making more money, we'll define it as, you know, the, the act of increasing your pay. So step one, you continuously show up. Do great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck up. Learn. Challenge status quo. Same uh, pattern. Uh, same pattern. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's always step one. Step two is you crush your amp. You crush your amp. Mm-hmm. You crush your amp. You crush your amp. Four in a year. You crush four of them. Your amp score is directly tied to your raise. You get a raise. It's extremely transparent and repeat. The average raise in America is about 4%. At Gooder, it's about 8%. Yeah. So um, our... Our pay system is extremely transparent. So if you want to grow, got your growth path, you want to make more money, there there it is. Yeah, nice. Okay, <laughs> two points of clarity, important. Yeah. Uh, so how do I become a leader at Gooder? Um, awesome. Well, you know, at Gooder, we define leader, and this comes from um, Brene Brown, but it is a leader is defined as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and having the courage to develop that potential. Right. So that's what it is to be a leader. It's like, all right, you want to lead a gooder? Well, it's the same step one. I mm-hmm. won't repeat it, but it is continuously show up, do great work, lean to our pillars, grow, repeat. Step two, crush your amp. Yep. Yep. And then step three, um, take responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and act with courage to develop that potential. For example, and I give example of tons of people here who've taken on projects, right? So uh, April, who took over events outline this insane, amazing new process for how we handle events in the outside world. Um, Marissa did, um, um, set up all the quarterly reviews for her team because her leader was um, out on leave. Um, you know, Will, who uh, works in our DC, uh, worked with REI to help them take our packaging in a different way. It reduced our shipping time by 70% to REI. Mm-hmm. Those are all examples of leaders. Yeah. And I think sometimes when people say, how do I become a leader? They mean like, how do I do, how do I do something else? But I'm like, no, no, leadership is everywhere. Yeah. And then, you know, Hannah, she, she leads coaching for productivity. She leads people, right? So uh, uh, that, that's how you do it. You just take responsibility for, the, for seeing potential in people or processes and then developing that potential. That's how you lead. Yeah, right. So leadership is an action, not a title or position. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's say um, I want to lead people at Gooder. All right. Well, uh, it's actually the same thing. It's step one. It's mm-hmm. step two and step three. And and you can do that in any number of ways, right? Uh, uh, Jasmine made this amazing onboarding deck for our customer service team. She's on the team. She's like, hey, 
our onboarding for this is not great. She does that. That leads people. She every onboard every time she onboards, she gets to lead people. Uh, uh, Kayla asked her to figure out pre-booking, and you have to work with a pre. Does this is all boring? You have to work with multiple departments to set up pre-booking for our retailers. She had to lead people to get this done, mm-hmm. right? So it's actually the same thing. Being a leader and leading people is the exact same thing. People or processes, your choice. Yep, right. Okay, fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we're getting toward the uh, the thing that you were angling at all along. How do I become a manager at Gooder? Well, the, you know, I, I will I will do this. Uh, you want me to go, like, should I do manager versus leaders? <laughs> you want to do, do all of them? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so. Why not? All right, so we have a little a slide here that's managers versus leaders. So managers give orders, leaders ask questions, managers have subordinates, leaders have followers, uh, managers hold authority, leaders uh, are motivational, managers tell you what you want, leaders show you how, managers have good ideas, leaders inspire good ideas, managers react to change, leaders create change, managers want power over, leaders uh, give power to, uh, managers avoid tough conversations, Leaders lean into tough conversation. Managers do not exist at good or leaders do. There you go. So <laughs> not going to become a manager here then, huh? Yeah, and I think that the, the crux behind that is people, the power over versus power to. People think that because you become a flock leader, everyone has to do what you say. Uh-huh. Or everyone does what you say that's the moment you say it. Right. I mean, I'll tell everybody there, people at good or don't do what I say. <laughs> I mean, you know, you do that long enough, you don't have a job here. But like, that's a real thing. I have power over no one. Mm-hmm. We, have, we all have power over no one. You have power to inspire. You have power to motivate. And I think one of the reasons people cling to this idea of wanting to be like a manager is that they can just say something once and it gets done. Mm-hmm. And that's just not how the world works, unfortunately. Right, right. Or for fortunately, sure. it's actually a good thing. I think probably a good yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, no managers. So how do I become a flock leader? Well, I appreciate you use your words, because uh, right? Because yep. it is... It is, and it's talking like, hey, it's okay to become a flock leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we have, um, you know, become a flock leader is basically steps one, two, and three, right? Mm-hmm. Continuously show up and do great work, lean into our culture, crush your amp, take on other leadership opportunities, and then hopefully your preparation meets opportunity. Hopefully mm-hmm. a flock leader position becomes available and you can go into it, but- there, there needs to be an inflection, like your preparation needs to meet the right opportunity because there's only so many of those positions at our company. For sure. Yeah. And, and so, and that, so that, that there needs, there needs to be an element of chance of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the willingness to sign up for the reality of what flock leadership looks like, right? Yeah. I think the, the, the thing we do a thing here at Gooder, everybody has a, a, every department, every team, and then every person has a, a vision, a three-year vision plan. So they're mm-hmm. a, a three-two-one vision. They're three-year, they're two-year, they're one-year. So this is something we have everybody do uh, um, every year, if not more, multiple times in the year. Yep. But you identify, all right, where do I want to be in three years? Where do I want to be in two years? Where do I want to be in one year? And it's kind of like, and, and, and it's, an, it's a thought exercise. But when I was talking to the team, I'm like, hey, how many people have in their three-two and they want to be a flock leader? Then people raise their hand. I'm like, awesome. Yep. How many people um, um, put like, like they love coaching and they want to do more of that? And a bunch of people raise their hand. I'm like, yeah, right. That makes sense. If you love coaching, you should want to be block leader, same thing. Right. Or they go hand in hand. How many love inspiring others? Raise their hand. I'm like, all right. How many put on their vision three, two, one, uh, holding people accountable? Mm-hmm. No, no hands go up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Well, that's a big thing of being a block leader. How many people put looking people in the eye and giving them critical feedback? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm all that's weird. A lot of crickets. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of crickets. How many people put picking up the slack when someone on your team leaves? How many people put issuing a pip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many people put dealing with SEL shit? Because you got to deal <laughs> with my shit. And, and it was a really, what I really appreciate about it, Sean, is I've had, I've had half a dozen people tell me directly, and then I've heard of even more people tell people around you like, I actually don't want to be a flock leader. Yeah. That's what a flock leader is. I don't want to be it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, there's a very thing. I was like, well, be careful what you wish for. Right. Because right. Like, that is the reality of the role. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff, but it's, it's hard to lead people. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a practice too. Yeah. Something worth, uh, worth working on. Um, all right. So what happens if there isn't a flock leader position that good or for me? Right. And if you really want to lead a team and mm-hmm. that is really important to you and, um, I mean, one, I would always caution people with, you know, things change around here all the time, right? Yep. Where we we went from no flock leaders to 13. And then uh, then two years later, we had 16 flock leaders and six flock stars. Mm-hmm. And and so, right, so so we, and we just added a handful more flocks. Yeah. So one, I would say like, hey, if you, if you really want it to be a gooder, you have to be patient and keep doing great work. And that's why I talk about celebrating the work over the results because like, mm-hmm. that's it. But on the other hand, you might just need to leave gooder. And if that's if you're if if that's important to you, I will help you find a job. I write a really good recommendation letter, and yeah. I don't mean that in a condescending way. I'm dead serious. Um, sometimes for people to really to like pursue what they want to do, they have to leave gooder, and that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, and then uh, you kind of angled at the um, manager thing being about status. Yeah. Um, but let's say I just want to. How, how do I get status at gooder? Yeah, I mean, you know, the we. Every year we have the Flamingo Awards and it is a legit award show and you you get a uh, a heavy ass uh, rose gold plated um, uh, Carl and I view that as the highest status. You have to inspire awe. Mm-hmm. It happens in your quarterly review. You know, it's between 25 and 35 are handed out each year and like that is the top status. Like in front of the company, you, you get you get awarded, you walk on stage and it only happens if you fucking rush something in your job yeah so that is that's that, that to me that's real status yeah yeah all right cool well we ran the list it feels like we're pretty <laughs> clear with the words there huh yeah yeah <laughs> i think i think and i think the whole reason i did that talk wasn't to be an asshole although i do love agitating people it was to do like hey like hey i want people to use your their words number one like it's okay to ask for more money um um it's okay to ask to be a flock leader those things are okay but ask that don't ask growth path if that's not what you mean right and then you know understand things for like more like, like we're very transparent and i think what we need to do a better job at at leaders at gooder is actually message repeating mm-hmm. because i just think we we just we kind of forget and so this is a it was a a fun needle message uh message and repeat and then you know lastly i Whenever I, whenever I, you know, do a talk like this and I'm, it's, it's a really good thought exercise actually for myself. Mm. It's a really good, like therapeutic to understand like, okay, well, people are asking about this. Why are they? We're not clear. And so when, you know, doing it this way, it's actually a very good way that like I gain insights and learn how we can do things better at Gooder. Um, and there's a bunch of things that are coming kind of like, like through this, but yeah, the whole idea of the talk was actually just a, a clever way to, to encourage people to use their words, ask for what they want, and then 
uh, gently set the expectations of what that means to be a flock leader because I, I don't think people actually embrace that. Yeah, well for enough. sure. Yeah. And an exercise on your part in just being as clear as possible. Yeah. What's the biggest, you know, when you became a flock leader, like what's the biggest thing that you, nobody told you about that you're like, oh, oh man. Uh, well, I think especially for, I know it's happened in a number of cases, but like going from being a peer to a leader is a kind of a weird shift. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's not insurmountable by any means, but it does take some time to, to shift into that. Um, and then for sure, the the responsibility for others, like looking, you know, they're in your care now. Yeah. Um, and so that that was like, oh, that's real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm really going to I want to be as prepared as I possibly can be for this. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's a it, it's it's tough. And we expect a lot of our flock leaders. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So how many of these new positions that we just created are leadership positions? And then how are we approaching the internal promotion versus external? Yeah. So um, in the next year, we'll have eight new flock leader positions. And uh, we think that we can fill six of those internally. So mm -hmm. this is a weird stat. I actually ran the numbers on this. Um, basically... Let me let me get my information so I can speak intelligently about it. I was actually wondering wait, how good we were doing at promoting people to leadership internally. Mm -hmm. And Dante did some research. It, it feels like most jobs in corporate America, about eight to ten percent um, of leadership is in like comes internally. Mm -hmm. That is that's that's the numbers that we found. So a gooder. Uh, hold on, I gotta I gotta actually find this because when I gave this talk, so this would have been what mid October, mm -hmm. mid October of twenty twenty two. We had six herds, uh, six flock stars, so they lead each herd, um, 17 flocks, 13 flock leaders, and then we had four flock stars that were also acting as flock leaders. Yep. So since 2015, we, we had 30 opportunities to become a flock leader. And so, right, how that, how that math works out is if you, you know, right, Sean, if you leave tomorrow, we fill your position. So, right. like, so your position would have been available twice. Right. And so, right, because people leave here and then three or the six um, opportunities for flock stars. So basically from uh, 2015 to October of 2022, we had 36 opportunities for leadership roles in this company become mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. And 23 of them were filled internally. That's 64%. Damn. Right. Like, that's a yeah. wild number. And what gets even crazier is we believe that coming up uh, in the next year, these the, the next eight. Um, well, what's, I'm fucking up all my dad's stats here. Um, I think it's on the, oh, it's right there. Here. So, uh, sorry, audience for all the paper shuffling. <laughs> the, out of those eight, we are targeting six to hire internally. I can tell you actually for a fact that five have already, it's already happened. Uh, cause this is about a month ago as, so we're still waiting on one. And that means out of 44 positions now, 31 will have been internally. That's 71%. Wild. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. And, and so there is like, a, like, like when I do the, the, like, like, well, Hey, just be patient. It's like, Hey, it's re this is a, this is, I can actually pull real data on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a ton of people promoting from within, which means we're also going to have to hire, you know, backfill those yeah, we're gonna roles. Yeah. All those roles. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, so yeah, yes, that, uh, but just maybe talk about the challenges inherent to, doing the inside versus outside hiring and in each of those scenarios. Yeah. Plays out. Right. Like inside, you know, the person, so they've been here for however long. Um, 
six months, a year, two years, three years. And, and you, you really know it's re- in an interview process. People can like kind of skate by. Yeah. But when somebody's been here long enough, you know, the person. So in, internally, you know exactly what you're getting and what you're not getting. And, and that's, that's a good thing. And so the, the bad thing is sometimes you need institutional knowledge that people don't have here. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's, for example, we we need a somebody to own um, quality quality control, so product quality control and development. So unless somebody's been lying that they had <laughs> right. fifteen years experience doing that, yeah, we have to go outside. And so that's kind of the and then also you know when you bring people in from the outside, you do get just a you get more ideas and a better pool because I think new blood is always always good. And so I don't it, it, it's a give or take, but I will say that we. We are filling a ton of positions internally and and people are moving around and moving up. I don't know that exact numbers yet, but I think it's gonna be out of those thirty one, I think it's gonna be high. You can make twenty maybe. Yeah. Wow. Fill internally, then we get then we backfill. For sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So any advice or next actions for someone who's leading a company, growing company, just different stages of growth? Well, try and spot it earlier than I do. Uh-huh. Uh, um or, you know, I would say, I mean, jokingly i think it probably happened at the right time Mm -hmm. i will say that don't be afraid to completely change things right i mean that is that is the world we build these build these systems and and what worked for good are in 2019 does not work for good are in 2021 yeah and and so don't be afraid to change and man the hardest thing is don't be afraid to um look somebody in the eye has been with you from the beginning or close to beginning and you know they're not growing as fast as you need them to. Mm-hmm. And you need to either bring somebody in above them or replace them. And that's happened here. It is difficult, but the alternative is um, you make you make your problem somebody else's problems. Right. And that's not okay. And so I would say when you're doing this, be very mindful of what Gooder needs now and what they're going to need in the future. And so, or, or insert your name for Gooder. But right. yeah, that, that's a, that, I think that's, a, that's probably the, the biggest lesson is um, understanding being okay to change, but actually understanding that what what your company needed five years ago is not the same as it needs now. And that doesn't mean somebody is bad at their job. You just need somebody who's better at that job. Right. Yeah. And, but those are hard, to, those are hard conversations to have. They are. It's just a willingness to be pragmatic and realistic versus attached to the way things are or who's a part of the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, you know, I consider myself uh, in a weird way. I, I consider that I have like 140 children, right? That, 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 that's like actually loosely how I, I view it. And I take the responsibility of this company to the highest level. Mm-hmm. I take everybody's like, like, like everybody's livelihood, um, their, their quality of life um, um, very, very seriously. And what that means is sometimes I have to look somebody else in the eye because that is going to damage the majority. Mm-hmm. And that is a tough conversation that I've had multiple times. But if I truly care about this company, I care about everybody here, then I have to be willing to show up to those conversations every time they arise. And you as a leader of a company, you have to do the same. Well, Stephen, we're glad you care. And it shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you fuck them up like I did, and then you learn better and you get better every time you do it. Right, right. <laughs> repeat and repeat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, anything else you want to cover or didn't get to bring up? No, I mean, the other thing I'll just say is I wish I would have hired uh, uh, Hannah uh, sooner. Like, oh, yeah. Like, uh, I waited too long to hire an assistant. Yeah. And that's, that was, 
that my quality of life has spiked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice to have earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> cool. on me. Fair. Awesome. Well, thank you, Stephen. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Until next time, be excellent to each other. Thanks for listening to the Culture Gooder podcast. To submit questions for the podcast, learn more about our culture, and learn how you can status the quote challenge, head over to gooder.com slash culture. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, including on YouTube, where you can now watch all of our new episodes. Who knows? You might even catch a glimpse of Carl at our headquarters if he's not already passed out at the tiki bar from all the margaritas.